This is the message for Connection Community Church for Sunday, July 30th, 2023. Social Twitter. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Here in the sanctuary, there on at home, online. We are so glad you're here with us today. Isn't this just a glorious, cool day to be part of God's creation? Amen. Amen. So before we get started, we have a really big thing happening uh, today through Wednesday. Our youth are leaving for a, a retreat, and we'd like to ask Kyle Smith, who is uh, the associate team lead for um, the youth, along with Bonnie Sieben, who directs it, to share a little bit about what's happening. So Kyle. Yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. So yeah, we're going up to Refreshing Mountain. It's up in Stevens, PA. We're going to leave this afternoon, and we'll be back uh, Wednesday afternoon. Um, and we're taking 30 kids. Yeah. yeah. And it shows a lot of growth in the ministry over the last year. And you guys have been talking about social media all month long. These kids are going tech-free. Hey. So there are no phones, except for the leaders. Um, and we're going to get into uh, Micah. Micah 6, 8 is going to be our theme. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Uh, and I wanted to recognize our leaders that are going. So we have Jeff Cream, Jeff Seban, Charlie Hunter. Mitchell's going to be leading our worship. And if you haven't sat in a room with 30 kids singing praise to our Lord and Savior, it's, it's moving. So Mitchell's going to lead our worship. Um, Evan Pickering's going to go. And then for our ladies, we have Bonnie Seban, Lindsay Macbeth, Rachel Brandenburg, Lisa Norbert, and Sam Ely's going to go. And Refreshing Mountain has plenty of activities. They've got zip lines, ropes courses, swimming pools. Uh, we're going to do some axe throwing. Um, we're going to do some escape rooms. And yeah, we're going to have a blast. So the idea, you know, Bonnie's vision was to help the kids really connect with just really good outside outdoor activity and then do this study together and it will bind them together and it's it's kind of launching the year along with you just went on a mission trip a couple weeks ago and um, then they had summer warm-up so it's been a really busy week uh, summer for our youth and we especially want to thank Bonnie and Kyle for leading the way you guys rock thank you so much um, if you'll just stretch your hand out toward Kylie, he's going to represent the whole thing. So, Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity for our youth to go away unplugged and enjoy all kinds of really fun activities, but then sink into the Micah passage. And, Lord, we pray that they would, um, you know, experience and learn about humility and acting justly and, you know, all that. So, Lord, we pray safety over their travel. We pray for our leaders, and we're so grateful that they've taken vacation, they've set aside time to um, pour themselves into our awesome kids, and we pray that they together will bind with one another in ways that will carry them through their, their next year. It's a hard life out there for them, and for them to be able to 
look at one another and and have this Christian community, there's no measure to what that, the importance of that. So we thank you. We give this time to you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so Amen. much. Amen. Start praying for them. So today is our last Sunday on social media. Yeah. But I was going to say, hi, everybody. My name's Carrie Jones. Did I already do that? You're jumping the gun, but that's okay. I'm Alan Jones. And we're two <laughs> sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, please be with us as we share this message. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today is our last Sunday um, on the social media theme um, and how a perspective we take as Christ followers. We've looked at YouTube. We've looked at Facebook. We've looked at Instagram. We've looked at TikTok. And then today our focus is on Twitter. How, how many people do Twitter? I Well, boy, you've got something to learn this morning then. Wow. You know, this is actually the, everybody has done every other platform that we've talked about. I have Twitter downloaded. Occasionally I look at it. It's not really a primary platform at all for me except that we're going away to the Global Leadership Summit uh, Thursday and Friday, and you know we're going to have all these smart people tell us all kinds of really wonderful leadership things in addition to Craig Rochelle doing some preaching. And it's all on, like, a lot of it's on Twitter, so they're going to post these remarks, and I just may do a retweet, although it's called posting now, right? But that's about the extent of it There's for no me. more tweeting. Tweets are over. Got to get with it. Posting. Okay, posting. Yeah, so, so users on Twitter, did, it, did anybody raise their hand? No. Wow. Well, we're done then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on Twitter, users can post texts, images, videos, known as posts now. They were known as tweets. Registered users can, this is so funny, can tweet like, like or retweet, or now it's can post, or they can like, or they can repost, <laughs> and direct uh, mess and direct message other registered users. C created in March 2006. Wow, that's a long time ago. It was it was launched in July of that same year. By 2012, Twitter had more than 100 million users. By uh, this year, they had nearly 354 million users that's a lot of users it is but right now it's there's a lot of transition with twitter because it was just bought by elon musk in october of 2022 he acquired it for 44 billion so it doesn't really make a lot of sense but anyway uh, since the acquisition the platform has been criticized for facilitating an increase in content causing hate speech that's probably why we don't i'm really proud of all you for not being on twitter <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just not good in july of this year musk announced that he was going to rebrand it because it really has gotten kind of a bad name and he's calling it x kind of interesting and he's getting rid of the little blue bird and we're not tweeting anymore but we're posting Without the little blue bird. It's a story similar to that of the other 
social media platforms we've been talking about, with the exception that Twitter is experiencing a decline in usage in the last couple of years, in addition to current total rebranding with the X there uh, that they're going through. So, so why are we talking about it? Well, here's some, we just said something in the last uh, paragraph that's, that's a focus. And it's what we said, since the acquisition by Musk, the platform has by, been criticized for facilitating an increase in content containing hate speech. See, with Twitter and actually with all the social media platforms, there's a tendency sometimes for people to express themselves, well, let's just say negatively, uh, to harshly criticize other people, to, to say things they might not say if they were faced to, if they were within arm's length <laughs> of, the, of the other person. And um, hate speech really takes it to another level. It sure does. As we shared a couple of weeks ago, when, when, talking about face, when we were talking about Facebook, people tend to, they tend to say things there they would never say when you're with the other person. They tend to hide behind the social media platform as though it gives them license to say anything they want. And that's our focus with Twitter or X this morning. What does the Bible have to say to us about the words we use and the way in which we use them? So let's start with the Old Testament. And we get a lot of words of wisdom from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 21, verse 23. Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Now, granted, sometimes on, on, on Twitter we're typing. We get that. Not using our mouths or tongues, but it's basically the same idea. We're talking, typing, we're communicating. The words we choose, whether oral or written, need to be carefully selected. They need to be carefully directed. They need to be carefully thought out. We have to be cautious. We have to be careful with the words that we use. Being on guard seems to be a theme in the Old Testament when it comes to what we say. Here's some direction offered by David. David is, you know, the shepherd boy David turned king. He was a man after God's own heart. That's kind of his byline. And he wrote this in Psalm 141, verse 3. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let, let's say that together. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, David was a smart guy, wasn't he? I mean, he wrote a lot of psalms. He was a pretty sharp guy. He was aware of his weaknesses, and he had some like all of us. He, he was conscious of the help that he needed from God. And here he's asking God to set a guard over his mouth. He needs a mouth guard. And, and to keep watch over that door of his lips. That's a great expression, isn't it? The, the door of his lips. Lord, help me control what's going to go through that door from my side, what's going from in here to out there. Help, keep, help me keep it closed when something is going to come out that shouldn't come out. Do you, ever, you, do you ever sit there and think, I shouldn't say it, I'm not going to say it, I will not say it, and you say it anyway? 
maybe it's just me. And, and wouldn't it be, Lord, can you please keep that door shut, locked? And, and, and that includes not just our mouth, but our, when we're typing well, as well on the Twitter. Keep watch over whatever the door is, Lord. Keep that stuff inside. And when we're talking about this particular platform, actually, it's a broad stroke. How many times do we email or how many times do we text? And it's just a little bit off. We're just talking about our words in general now. So we looked at Proverbs. We looked at a psalm. Here's what Jesus says in reference to our words. We like the way Eugene Peterson paraphrases it in the message Matthew 12, verses 34 through 37. You have minds like a snake pit. <laughs> How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you are so foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. Hmm. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. So it's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. And here's the thing. God is aware of everything we say. Everything we write, everything we express, no matter how we express it. Think for a minute. God is privy to every single thought, word, expression. Ouch. If Jesus were sitting right next to you, right here with you, would you be more careful with the words you use, with what you say to or about other people, whether it's with your voice or by typing a post <laughs> or, uh, or, or whatever, something else? And, and the truth is, the absolute truth is, Jesus is sitting right here. I mean, you might not see him, but he's here. And what's coming out of our mouths, what's being typed wherever we're sending it to, some, is it something that we would want Jesus to read or hear? Would he want him to be aware of what we're expressing? You know, these words that, that we put forth are powerful. Uh, the book of James, I think, talks a lot about that, how powerful these words are. They have the power to build up. They have the power to tear down. They have the power to ignite us into action for a cause. And they have the power to humiliate and cause us to take pause. As we read in verse 37, these words of ours can be our salvation, but they can also be our damnation. And, and here's the thing. The choice is ours and ours alone. We choose the words. We are the ones expressing. It, it's coming from us and nobody else. So, Alan spoke of the book of James, there is some really good stuff in James. James was Jesus' brother. He was the leader of the Jerusalem Council, and he gives a lot of really good advice to Christ's followers. Here's what James says in reference to talking and listening. 
This is the New Living Translation. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Anybody heard that one before? Yeah. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Quick to listen, slow to speak. You know, we have two ears, one mouth, important ratio to keep in mind. If you keep a... a and as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm also especially talking to myself. Carrie was serving down at Camp Cometh a couple weeks ago, and uh, we had a really bad storm. And uh, she called me to tell me that a tree hadn't fallen, but I think a limb or something had, had blown hard enough to, to shatter the back, not the back, but the right rear glass on her uh, Mercury Mountaineer, the tinted glass in the back. Not an up-and-down window, just a stationary window, but it had shattered it and, and bent some of the metal. We came down and duct It's completely duct-taped, completely duct-taped, you know, rolling so duct-tape. So I decided, since it was a 204 with over 200,000 miles, that I would just get a new car. We just got a new car. But we still had to deal with this one, right? Yeah. So we still had to deal, and, and there's insurance on the car. People are crazy. It's 200,000. Well, we got insurance on it. And anyway, so I'm dealing with the insurance, and... Um, I thought I'd given them all this information a couple times, but I get a call the other day because we had sent the claim in, and you know, the claims are really slow. I don't care with who, from what I'm understanding. We, we weren't, they weren't even going to be able to see the car and give me an estimate before it goes uh, for repair, September the 10th. So somebody suggested me, why don't you go like uh, the... the, the glass company that your company uses and see if they can get the glass fixed anyway because you don't want to ride around with this glass because it's falling out, you know, and stuff. Okay. So they, they deal with this glass company. So it turns out uh, the insurance company and the glass company, were it's like a three-way call. And by the time we get to a certain point, I think I've given them the same from this one to this one and that and this. About six times, I don't know how hard Alan Jones is to write down or to put on the computer, but it took about six times that name, the, the policy number, the, the claim number, which piece of glass broken. Here was the best What is the tint of the glass? Does everybody know what shade tint is on their glass in their car? I, I, I must be slow or something. I'm trying to explain the tint. So we're going round and round. And after about two hours, I usually allow myself two hours for these kind of calls, but it's usually me putting that time. They called me, I wasn't expecting it. So about two hours, I'm getting just a little bit, little bit, I don't even know the word, a little bit um, less than patient. Okay, we'll just say that. Carrie was smart. She left the room. It, it was um, a little more than a little bit. Um, but I'm, I mean, I'm not cussing or using, I've just, I'll, and then they bring on a third party because apparently this insurance company uses somebody else. And didn't you get negotiate. disconnected from the call once? Huh? Didn't, didn't oh, they? that was the best way. Yeah, we got disconnected. So when I call back, they got to get all the information again. <laughs> so then they bring in this person from whatever XYZ company that handles, the, I don't know what, ever. 
and I'm already two hours in. You, you get in the picture here? And, and I end up apologizing about six times to this woman on this, because she had nothing to do with where I'm at. I mean, she's coming in cold, and I'm coming in hot. <laughs> and I had to apologize repeatedly because, you know, she didn't deserve for me. And, 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 and see, here's the thing. We, we planned this message months ago, I mean, initially. I knew this was coming. And I didn't get on the phone with that as an example. You know, I didn't use that purposely for the example, okay? I didn't get upset because I could use it today. But, um, but I'm aware that um, I know better. I, I know I need to guard my mouth to avoid calamity, like we just read, right? I know to be quick to listen, slow to speak. But my emotions got the better of me. Don't have to show me your hand, but have any of you ever been there? Maybe once. Maybe, oh, proudly. <laughs> you know, um, I let my frustration control my words. Um, and that wasn't good. That's never good. Didn't yell, scream, cuss, any of that, but I just wasn't my usual upbeat, um, you know, friendly, charming. charming self that day on the phone. And, and the only person that I can blame for that is that guy who looks me in the mirror every morning when I'm brushing my teeth, you know? That's the only guy I can blame. I, I can't blame the, the insurance agent or the claims person or the glass because they can't control my speech, can they? I'm the only one that has control of that. I can't blame anybody but me for what I say or what I type. So we talked about this last week. God calls us to be a light into the world. We're supposed to allow Christ's light to shine through us. And those who we talk to may not know that we're Christ's followers, but, but our relationship with Jesus, you know, God knows we claim Christ. We need to, our language, our tone needs to reflect that. We're representatives of the world. And so when we lash out or we say things that really aren't great and not necessary, it's not Jesus honoring and I'm so guilty of like, oh, why did I say that? Or what tone was that? And all we can do is like to pray to the Holy Spirit to show us so that we can go back and try to make things right. All right, so I got a little, it's not really an experiment, it's just a demonstration here. And you're probably familiar with it, but I think it bears repeating. Okay, I got some toothpaste, just going to put a little bit on the plate here. I won't even draw with it. Now, I need somebody, I need somebody's help. I'll tell you what I need help with. Who can help me put this back in the tube? How about if I give you 50 bucks? A hundred. Huh? It can't be done, can it? It's just like those words that come out of our mouths. Once they're out, they're out. Once we, once we type and push send, it's out there. Once we put the stamp on the letter, 
You know, we still, does anybody still write letters? Couple. Okay. <laughs> Once we stamp the letter, seal it, and put it in the book. Right? We, we can't take it back. Let me tell you a story. My, my mother passed away uh, back in, uh, what was it, 92. So it's been a few years. But, you know, after somebody passes away, you still get stuff from companies. There's a company, I think, called Finger Hut that they send. Anybody familiar with Finger Hut? This was like two years after my mother died. They said, we miss you. I said, I miss her too. Come on. We want you back. I do too, but I don't think it's going to happen. And then I get stuff from the IRS. Well, I was the executive of state. We had settled. We paid her last. It was over. It was done. They're wanting the next year's return. There's no next year's return. I mean, she wasn't here for it. And, and, and it was such letter that you have to kind of respond. You know what I mean? Or he handed you. So I typed them a letter. Dear IRS, Mrs. Ruth Jones, not other, no other Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Ruth Jones will not be able to da 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 because she's dead. She's dead, dead, dead. You can see I'm kind of frustrated at this point. Yeah? And I go on and I find one last time, she's dead. But here's the thing, you know, it's important. sometimes you got to get out of your system. Anybody, you know, you got to type it or something. But I was smart one time in my life. I did not put it in the envelope. I did not put this down. I put it in a drawer. And anytime I was, I just pulled out and, go, mm -hmm, and put it back. It got me rid of my frustration. We got to learn to not push scent. We got to learn to put the letter in the drawer. We got to learn to put that lock on that door on our lips and not let it come out. Amen? Amen. You might have been dead if the IRS came after us for that yeah. one. Well, what, what kept me from saying it was thinking about how they were going to continue to hound me on my taxes yeah. uh, for the next 50 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's take a look at Philippians 4. We've looked at this scripture a lot, but it bears uh, repeating over and over again because there's just a lot of truth. There's a lot of nugget here. <clears throat> Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your what? Gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so in this letter, Paul is encouraging the, the believers in Philippi, that's a town near there, they're telling them to be joyful in the midst of some challenges that they are and will be experiencing. Now, as fellow believers, this letter is an encouragement to us as well. And so Paul tells us to rejoice, not only when things are good, not only thing when things are planned, not only when the challenges are minimal, but tell us us to rejoice always. Say rejoice always. Rejoice always. Say it like you're really rejoicing. Rejoice, rejoice always. always. Yeah, rejoice always. And this has got to be important because he says, he repeats it. Rejoice always. He repeats it. And, if, and, and it is important. 
It's important. You know, anybody can rejoice when it's good, right? That ain't hard. Come on. But when we're, fo when we're focused on God, when we're followers of Christ, we should be able to rejoice always and everywhere. Paul tells us to let our gentleness be evident to all. Here we are again, being Jesus reps in the world. That's a big responsibility, isn't it? We're representing the very son of the living God out there to everybody out there. Wow. Verse, we're not, we're, I'm sorry, oh, sorry. We're not here to bully people. We're not here to give them a hard time. We're not here to boss them around. We're here to share that gentleness of Jesus with anybody and everybody we come in contact with. Always. Verse 5 says, The Lord is close by. The Lord is near. He's with us, and so the scripture says there's no reason to be anxious. It's hard to not be anxious, but our anxiety meter can lessen when we plug into God, and the peace of God can come over us, even in the toughest of circumstance, when it doesn't even make sense. I'm looking at you, Marilyn. You are an example of peace right now in your trial. And we've talked about this, and I'm not going to be calling everybody out, but Marilyn, we rejoice with your peace in the midst of your medical struggle. Yeah, it's not a, it wasn't a trial, a real trial trial, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a medical struggle. Yeah. Jesus can guard our hearts and guard our minds, and in that, we have peace. And so here's the thing, following what, what Paul said, or what, yeah, what Paul said there. When we're able to not be anxious about anything, when we are able to go prayerfully and thankfully to God with our requests, when we are, with God's help, able to find that peace that transcends all understanding, when, when all those things line up, we are in a position to do what Paul calls us to do in this next verse, verse 8. And this is what Paul says. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, say the last thing with me. Think about such things. Focus on that. That's what we are to focus on. And they're all good things, aren't they? Bringing us up rather than down. So that really is one of my favorite verses. I love this verse because <laughs> there's, there's times when I'm in a situation and I might feel um, attacked or I don't even know what, um, upset, and I can automatically go, okay, and I can look at the person, and but my mind is whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is you know excellent, whatever is trustworthy. Think on those things and put it into practice. Like I keep saying that over and over and over again, and it stops me a lot of times, not all the time, from lashing out or from speaking, being quick to speak. It's so important 
to depend on the Holy Spirit to help us with that because words can wound. Uh, there was a family member a long time ago that said something to me that I don't think she really meant, but I can't get it out of my head. And she's gone, and we can't even talk about it. And the words hurt. And so it's important for us not to put that on someone else. Whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is trustworthy, whatever is excellent, think on those things and put it into practice. And perhaps we won't cause hurt for other people. We know we can do it because with God, all things are possible. Several years ago, we shared three important, well, they're absolutely critical questions that we should ask ourselves uh, uh, always before engaging with those around us, whether it be an oral speech, written speech, whatever. And these are the three questions. First, is it necessary? Two, is it uh, honoring? And three, is it truthful? Necessary, honoring, truthful. If we uh, ask ourselves those questions before we begin to communicate, whether it be with one person, several, many, a crowd, whether it be in person, whether it be online, whether it's on the phone, through a letter, whatever, any form of communication, if we were to ask those three questions prior to what we're about to say, it would change everything. Change everything. A lot of what we say isn't really necessary. We're not talking about just casual conversation. Like I'm trying to share my heart now and I'll say, is that really necessary to say it this many times? We're not talking about that. Yeah, but when when I I have to just let you know, uh, let's say maybe your spouse, you just you just got to let him or her know that they're wrong. Well, you got to think through this. Does does it really matter? And if it doesn't, why do I have to say that? Why why do I? Now, if it's going to change something important, yeah. But if it's just to let them know that you knew it, that they didn't. What good does that do? A lot of what we say isn't necessary and is actually hurtful. And it, and it gets in the way of good conversation, good communication. How about honoring? Is it honoring? Does it lift up rather than tear down? Uh, does it bring out the good rather than the bad? Does it, does it show encouragement and respect for the other people or the other person? Well, that sounds a lot like what Jesus would do, doesn't it? Well, hello. And then is it truthful? That just speaks for itself, doesn't it? Is it truthful? Yeah, we'd save a whole lot of grief if we asked these questions, made sure it was truthful, made sure it was honoring, made sure it was necessary. A long time ago, I had a really close relationship and it had become kind of conflictual and probably toxic. And it came to a point where it was just a breaking point for me. And I ended up having a conversation that I regret. Because even though some of my words were truthful, And maybe there was some necessariness in what was said. It wasn't honoring. And looking back, um, I could have gone about it differently. It cost cost the friendship. And 
it's, I don't know if it could have lasted anyway, but the way I went about it was completely wrong. Necessary, honoring, truthful, three good things to measure when we need to have crucial conversations. You know, this social media stuff that we've been talking about, it, it's not bad, it's not good, it just is. Um, our message today is what's, what comes out of our mouth is important. We need to pray to the Holy Spirit to help us with our words, help us with our tone. I even want to say body language so that we can lift people up rather than tear people down. Christ calls us to that. We claim Christ, we are called to that because as Alan said, we are image bearers of the most high God. We're his hands, his feet, his voice. We're his ears. And so we need to keep that in mind whenever, wherever, whoever we come in contact with. So this is the end of our social series, and it's been fun to take a look at different aspects of, of, um, of living a Christ-filled life. In all that we say, just remember this, the good news is here. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we, we thank you for this teaching uh, from Proverbs, from Psalms, from the book of Matthew, from the book of James, and there's so much more in Scripture. God, in the conversations that we have with one another, help us bear your image, help us represent you well guard our mouths Lord help us speak Jesus with our words with our actions so that people feel safe when they talk to us that we can create an environment that is uplifting and encouraging all the while, it, we can have and should have very truthful conversations. But there's a way to go about it. Help us. Help us do it the right way. Help us do it your way. Thank you for this incredible church. Those who have gathered here this morning at 9 and 1030. Those who are online. Thank you for our kids and our youth and all the servants in this place and those who have just come to seek a word, your promises. We're thank we are thankful, Lord, and grateful beyond words. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.
Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.